Well, before we go into the word, let us share a little bit of our hearts with you all this morning. Something about mothers. Because mothers are like the sun. They gently warm the heart. Mothers are like flowers in bloom. From their love, we will never part. Mothers are from heaven. They are lovingly sent. Mothers are our stars and are worth more than a mint. Mothers are the freshness of life that comes in seasons like spring and fall. Mothers are anchors in summer and winter. They help us to understand it all. And mothers hold a special place with each and every child born. They love each unconditionally. From that love, they are never torn. Because mothers are so great, their offspring can stand so proud because they are the best. And we can say that very loud. So we say to you, happy Mother's Day. You are our queens. And we love you and adore you. And this, we most certainly, is what we mean. To, to the, the mothers of RCM2 and, and those of our families and friends, we salute you and, and ask God to send you his richest blessings from above. Because you are so wonderful to us, and we thank God for your love. From Pastor Brown and Brown on this Mother's Day. Amen and bless God. So this morning we want to speak you, to you all today from the subject, the ultimate mom or the ultimate mother, whichever way you want to hear it best. People of God, I just have a few questions for you as we begin this morning's message. Why is it uh, that we have become so familiar with the saying, mama's baby, daddy's maybe? Why is it that men, uh, men like uh, George Floyd, call out for mama when they find themselves in trouble? Why is it that the sports jocks always sends out a shout out to their mom? Why is it in pre-pandemic days that restaurants were jam-packed on Mother's Day with children and grandchildren honoring the mothers in their lives? Could it be that if it had not been for mother, you might find yourself somewhere chewing on leaves. My God, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Could it be that their mothers were the one that made some sacrifices that others would never consider? Or is it because the moms in their lives have just been the ultimate mom. 
That is to say that it is usually because mama was or is the one person whom has loved them unconditionally, believed in them undoubtedly, would pray for them unconditionally, who advised them with the truth and nothing but the truth unconditionally, and who would provide them with wisdom and insight in their life's experiences. Perhaps, I don't know, I, I don't have all the answers, but perhaps it was mama who was the first teacher and the first preacher. Our mama was the caretaker, the one who made it all better. Have you had times in life where mama just made it all better? She taught them how to take care of themselves, mind, body, and spirit. I know that there are some witnesses to these facts listening this morning. To be that ultimate anything would suggest, my brothers and sisters, that you have reached <coughs> the pinnacle of success. It may not mean that you've done everything right. Uh, can I tell you that mothers, while they sometimes may appear superhuman, uh, but they really are human, and we really are prone to fall, to fail, and sometimes to falter. Uh, most of us will testify to the, to the fact that many of days in our parenting, we made it on a wing and a prayer. Yeah. Oh, come on, somebody say amen in this house. Yeah. Uh, but in the eyes of those who we protected, uh, the ones who we've nurtured and trained, uh, we became the G-O-A-T, uh, that is the GOAT, uh, or the greatest of all times, yeah. or that we are the finest and the best of the best and the strongest of the strong. You see, the Oxford Language Dictionary says that to be the ultimate, then you would have to be the best achievable or imaginable of its kind. Oh, Tina put that to words in a song, and he, she said, you're simply the best, better than all of the rest. Of course, in the case of moms, everyone will have your own biased opinion because everybody thinks that their mom is ultimate in their own eyes. So I submit to you today that to be the ultimate mom, she, she really was the one who showed you how to love in sickness and in health yes. before you were close to saying I do. Oh, yes, you did. She was the one who demonstrated how to live and love for richer and for poorer. Yes. You see, because your income may have classified you as poor, but what mama deposited in your heart, uh, you were really rich. Uh, yes. Oh, come on and say amen, amen. in this house. Uh, she was the one who watched over you as you were a child, uh, made sure that you didn't poke your eye out with that stick. Uh, you all remember almost getting your eyes uh, poked out every time you picked up. Oh, she kept you from falling down the steps and, and breaking your neck. Uh, oh, yes, you would. Uh, and she was the one who said,
set you out with the kind of wisdom that said, put on your best undergarments just in case you get in an accident. Does anybody remember mama telling you that? But she gave you wisdom that you can carry out into this cold and this cruel world as you learned and went into adulthood. I know there's some witnesses to the ultimate moms out there this morning. You see, mama was the one who taught you right from wrong, helped you to learn to be strong, fed you when you were hungry, even if they didn't feed you all day long. Somebody remember mama putting food on your table when your belly was empty. Yes, the ultimate mom would get you back in line when you stepped out of place and she wasn't afraid that the law would come and get her when she did it. Oh, I remember, I remember saying that somebody, you see this ultimate mom, she, she's a high achiever mom. Uh, she was there for you, waiting on you, blessing you and keeping you all your natural born life. Now, I want you all to hear, hear, hear this story before I take my seat. I just want to share this with you this morning. There once was a young man who had applied for a managerial job uh, with a very large company. He passed all that he needed to pass uh, for that initial interview. The folks gave him the thumbs up, the high sign, but the director of the company said, I, I want you all to bring him back another time so I can meet him for a final interview. You all know when you're getting uh, these big important jobs, everybody got to sign off and, and they got to check off and co-sign and so they said that they wanted to make sure that he was a right fit for this company. So now the director has discovered from his resume that, that this young man had excellent credentials. Uh, he had great academic achievements. Uh, he was tops in his class. So the director came to the interview ready to ask a series of questions. And so he asked, the, she asked the, the young man, did you obtain any scholarships when you were in school? And to that, the young man said no. Uh, he, see, he asked the question, was it your father who paid your school tuition? Uh, to that, the, little, the young man says, well, my father passed away when I was but a little boy, about one years old. So it was my mother who paid all of my school bills. So then the director asked, well, where did your mother work? And the young man said, my mother worked as a clothes cleaner. Uh, to which the director asked the young man to show him his hands, which he did. He held out his hands for the director to examine and after the director inspected the young man's hands, what he noticed is that the man's hands were smooth and the man's hands were soft. Uh, there was no sign, no indication that he was ever or had ever been involved in manual labor. And so the next question came to the young man. Young man, have you ever helped your mother wash clothes before? And so the young man said, never. I've never helped her to wash clothes. My mother always 
encouraged me to study and to read my books. And he said, besides, she can, she can wash clothes much better than I can. Sensing that this young man was a little bit full of himself. Uh, you know how some people can get full of themselves. And he told the young man, he said, I got a request of you. He said, when you go home today, I want you to take your mother's hands and clean them. And then I want you to come back tomorrow morning and see me. Since this young man felt like he had a great chance of landing this job, he didn't feel like um, he would be failed in this, man, this way. He rushed on back home and he asked his mother, Mama, can I clean your hands? And his mother felt like that that was a very strange, uh, a bit of an awkward request. Uh, and she had mixed feelings about it. Uh, however, Mama stuck her hands up there and so the son could clean them for her. And as he cleaned uh, his mother's hands slowly and methodically, the tears began to fall from this young man's eyes. Uh, because you see, for the very first time in his life, uh, what he notices is that his mother's hands uh, were wrinkled and his mother's hands were bruised. Uh, uh, some of the bruises in mama's hands, uh, they were so painful to his mama that even when he touched them, mama began to wince uh, because she was feeling the pain. Uh, you see, this was the first time that this young man had realized that it was this pair of hands that had washed other people's clothes every day with the same hands who made little to nothing but was sacrificing and he and the bruises every day so that he could make his way in the world through his studies and the bruises well they were the price that the mother had to pay for his activities for his education and for the future of this young boy sensing sensing all that she had been doing for him how she made such ultimate sacrifices for him he decided to wash all the remaining clothes that his mother had the next morning the next morning when he went back to the director. The director couldn't help but to notice the young man still had tears in his eyes. When the director asked, can you tell me what you learned from your cleaning experience? So she told him what he learned and he said, I know now what appreciation is without my mother. I would not be who I am today. By doing my mother's hands and helping to finish her work, only now do I realize how difficult and tough it is to get something done on your own. And I have come to appreciate the importance and value of helping one's family. My mom is the ultimate. And to his credit, 
Ah, that director looked into the eyes of that young man and said, now you are hired. Oh, isn't it funny, church? Isn't it funny how mama can pave the way, make it look so easy and effortlessly, but she sacrifices much to get you on your road to success. Come on, Pastor So let us, let us consider the ultimate mother in the text today. She was ultimate because she was handpicked by God to carry and bring the son, uh, his son, the Jesus, into the world. Now, this mother didn't know all that this child would do, but let me tell you, she knew all that he would become. Uh, you, you see, God chose her, and he, he knew she could handle the job. Otherwise, he, he just wouldn't have chosen her. To you mothers out there, I know that God has chosen you for special assignments, uh, and you have to rely on him to carry you through those assignments. So just, just permit me for a few minutes to salute you mothers today as we look at the text and identify why you and Mary are the ultimate mothers. Let me give you my first point. Let me tell you this. Mary was the ultimate mom because she may not have been prepared in the flesh, but she was prepared spiritually. What are you talking about, Pastor Keith? Well, Mary couldn't have been all that prepared in the flesh because the announcement of her pregnancy came out of the blue. Y'all know what out of the blue was. Uh, in other words, she was caught off guard. It, it came to her out of left field, as we would say. But let me tell you something. She might not have been prepared in the flesh, but she was prepared in the spirit. Oh, that's a good thing right now that I can say. You see, she was, she was prepared because she already was relying on her faith. Oh, yes, she was very fearful, but she was still believing. I, I know that there are some mothers out there who have been fearful sometimes, uh, sometimes had to cry over life situations, uh, but you stood on the word of God and, and believed in him no matter what was going on. And, and so you were just like this ultimate mom who did the same thing. Now let's talk about Mary just a little bit. Mary was, was generally what I would call a woman girl, a woman girl. I use the term because the Bible lets us know that Mary was coming of age, especially in the culture of the day in which she was living in, and in the culture and the customs that they had what they called a betrothal, where it was an early selection to become some man's wife. Can you imagine? That happening in today's terms, somebody has decided that your young girl or you decided has to get married, first of all, and 
then they've got to have a certain person that has been picked out for them, and they are to at some point get married. So this woman girl uh, had uh, seen puberty begun. I'm sure it was likely it was doing its work, and she's ready past the eye to get married to make the full transition into womanhood. Y'all know what womanhood I don't, is. I don't know what that is, but women ought to know what womanhood is. Amen, somebody. Uh, and, and since she is a virgin and never had intercourse with a man, she does not have any experience or information or wisdom in how to handle a pregnancy in the flesh. Any woman in that position won't have a real grasp of what's about to happen to them through the miracle of conception and the miracle of childbirth. We say miracle because preparatory processes are happening in the flesh with that woman girl. And she is making her transition to full womanhood. She doesn't know all of what is happening to her, but she is getting ready for the next level. I know that there's some ultimate women who have been around for a while in RCM2 and out, and they have had the ultimate experience. And so they are ready and willing to go to the next level. So Mary was probably not prepared for the things of the flesh, but because she was becoming the ultimate mom, she was already being prepared in the spirit. In the flesh, she had already been prepared for a planned marriage. In the flesh, in the flesh, in the flesh. But, but uh, in the spirit, she also had to be prepared for that. Why? Because it was customary among the people to do this around age 13 or 14. Can you imagine your 13 or 14-year-old daughter uh, having to get ready to get married to some man who she's never known, never been with, uh, uh, and is making her largest changes physically so that she can be ready for womanhood. Y'all know what that all means. There's a lot to that to unpack. And since the angel came to announce to her that she would bear the savior of the world, she readily accepted what God was sending her. Keep in mind that she was betrothed. She was also, a, a, it was a way of having uh, control over women at the time. And she was considered property to the man that she would be with. Yes, that process was cruel and backwards. And that was the way it was. Some theologians still suggest, uh, Minister Swan, that her family and her society and herself may have been fearing and expecting the worst. Uh, but since uh, she graciously accepted uh, that it, she knew that it was God's will for her life. And under these conditions, God's will is what she needed. So by the time Mary and the angel finished that most unusual conversation, she had convinced, uh, she was convinced that more than ever, 
that she was the Lord's servant. And may everything he said come true. So here's my second point for you today. She was an extraordinary woman. Uh, and, and, uh, excuse me, she was an ordinary woman assigned to do an extraordinary mission. Mary had a certain amount of pride in her new baby. Mary couldn't have left all the shame on Joseph, the man she was about to marry, because you, you remember that the custom was to make the man uh, the head, and the heat always seemed to have the upper hand. It was just, it was a cruel kind of a system where the woman had to be retrolled, as I mentioned earlier. The man uh, was about to marry her, and she must have known it would be a tough job to explain their situation. What situation are we talking about? Here is a baby on the way, and they weren't married yet. And so she's got to explain her situation to the folk. Y'all know who the folk are, the gossiping folk. You got to explain it to the misunderstanding folk. Uh, and, and some of y'all have to explain it to them folk who are just plain ignorant. And y'all know what I'm talking about. They don't get it. I don't care what you say. And, and so this had to have been difficult to explain uh, those circumstances in a culture that did not tolerate a behavior that was considered out of the ordinary. But on the outside, Mary just looked like an ordinary Jewish girl living her ordinary Jewish life. But the Bible declares that God found favor with her in verse 29, and he decided to hide his son in the womb of this young girl who had not known any man. The Lord knew that this ordinary girl had an extraordinary ability to accept this extraordinary assignment with love, with faith in God, with pride and with humility. And so there are mothers in our own lives that have taken on mothering and nurturing children who have had special needs, who need special love, who need special patience, special care and prayer. Mothers who have stepped up to care for children that have been abandoned and left to raise themselves. And sometimes, I, now let me put a shout out out there for the men who have stepped up to be mothers as well, because some mothers have gone on other places and the man had to step in. But more than likely, that woman was standing there raising those children under tough conditions. There are those extraordinary mothers who decide to love children who are hard to love. And I know they are sometimes deemed unlovable by the standards of others, but they, these mothers love them anyhow. Yet there's something in an ultimate mother that says, I won't give up on you. I won't give up on this child. 
I won't give up on the child that the Lord has made. God has given these mothers special extrasensory perception to see the possibilities, to see the potential, and to see the promises of God embedded in these children. Amen, somebody. I hope we have some witnesses out there. What Mary began to understand is that she was not just another woman having a baby, but she was about to answer a calling on her life. Anybody know that God sends callings on people's lives? I hope that you mothers realize that your the things that you've done have been callings on your life. You see, what happens in the lives of mothers who become ultimate, it's just not uh, just a job. It's not what they just do uh, until something better comes along uh, or something that is more significant comes along. It's a calling and it's, it's carrying out the mission that becomes their purpose. We appreciate those mothers. Let me hurry up, hurry up so I can get out of here, out of your way. Uh, uh, point number three, Mary had what it took. And that was godly character. She had godly character. Uh, of course, I love Dr. Charles Stanley. He says it this way, God does not require us to understand his will, just obey it, even if it seems unreasonable. And so when we are, you are a godly mother like Mary, you will orient your life around worship and praise and you will rejoice in all things. Uh, uh, an ultimate godly mother is faithful. She's not boisterous. She's relatively obscure. She's obedient to God. She has womanly, wifely characteristics and she is blessed. This is Mary. This is mothers of RCMT. This is mothers all over the world. She is also highly favored. She's inspirational to other women. She's full of humility. She's honored by God. And she is honorable by men. She is ultimate. In Mary's case, she had what it took to deliver that special savior to a dying world. And then she would have what it took to watch him die to save the world. Many of you have seen these qualities in your own mother. How do we know? We know because we see the qualities in you, you males, you females, we see it. But this ultimate mother story shows us how she celebrates the attributes of God. You see, in verses number 46 through 55, which I didn't have us to read, she began to sing a new song. And I can remember as a child, my own mother singing, Mama sang but uh, she was not a singer. I want y'all to get that one. Uh, in other words, the choir master would, would never ask her to sing a solo. The choir master would ask her to sing in the choir. He'd let her in the choir, or she would let her in the choir, 
because she knew the words. She knew how to sing them, but she was not a singer. So you might would have gotten some really, really good singing every now and then, but then you might hear that high voice that just did not ring right along with the choir like it should. I'm just being real. Mama was that kind of a woman. Uh, but she loved to be in the choir because she always knew that there was a song on her heart and that God was at the heart of her songs and that her heart was ultimately into it. And so this ultimate mom, Mary, sang her song with heart. Verses 46 through 55 said that she sang and she said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in the God of my Savior, for he has been mindful of my humble estate as his servant. Oh, she is, is singing this morning. From now on, generations will call me blessed. Hallelujah to the Lamb for this ultimate mother. Then she says something else in her song. She says, that his mercy extends to those who fear from fear him from generation to generation. For he exclaims how he has performed mighty deeds, how he has scattered the proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the humble. And he has filled the hungry. Anybody ever been hungry? Fill them with good things and set the rich away empty. Then, then finally, she sings more like mama every day to me. She, she said that the, this is the God that has helped Israel, has helped his people by being merciful to them. Uh, talking about those descendants of Abraham. And they're going to be, uh, he's going to be merciful to them forever. And so we just wanted you to know that it takes an ultimate mother to be thankful, to be humble, and to be praising the God Almighty. We know that the humble mother, the, the ultimate humble mother, uh, is the one who, who is out there with the same spirit as Mary. We know that these are the ones who God has planted in our lives so that we can love each other even better day by day by day. Celebrate your mothers today as we go forward on this special day. In Jesus' name, we say amen.